Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for being with me today. As we continue our study of Weathering the Storm by Walking, we are now in Season 2, Episode 10, and with me today is Jake Sutton. He was with me last week as we discussed Part 1. We looked at Ephesians 2.10 and what it means to walk in good works. And today in Part 2 of our series, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, when Paul says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. So, Jake, I appreciate you uh, being with me again today. You bet, buddy. This is, uh, it's been a good study for me. It's been a good slowdown to uh, realize, you know, sometimes as preachers, we get so busy in um, working for the Lord, we forget that it's for the Lord. And <laughs> yeah, right. uh, it's no longer about the main thing. You know, yeah, you're right. And uh, we have to be careful, be cautious, slow down. And uh, and so just walking uh, in a physical sense, but then in a in a spiritual sense, just to slow down, stop running a minute and just look and um, and smell the roses. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the thrust of this podcast is weathering the different storms of life. And that's one thing that'll help us if we'll slow down and remember why we do what we do uh, all to the glory of God. Uh, Jake, we want to begin by briefly discussing what we talked about last week. Uh, we talked about, uh, I, I mentioned Ephesians 2.10, walking in good works. And so just to kind of review, what does it mean to walk? What's the Bible mean when it says to walk? Well, it's our, our way of life. It's not just a step-by-step, but it's a, uh, it's a process. It's a journey uh, to walk. You know, we walk, Romans 8 and verse 9, uh, in the Spirit. And so there's there's not a, it's not a that's not a direct language to say that we you know it's it's a figurative language but it's also real in the sense that our our way of life old King James word is conversation it means that our day to day is in step with the spirit we Ephesians two ten we are walking in these good works that God has laid out for us to do and so every day is a good work if it's if it's in the Lord. So that's, that's kind of where, you know, it was, whatever you do, doesn't matter if you're, you know, school teacher or preacher, you're a janitor or whatever, do all in the name of or in the glory to the Lord is the idea. That's right. And so that's, that's kind of what we did last week was kind of define our terms. And now since we've done that, we can kind of go into this next text. I uh, mentioned to our listeners last week that we're, uh, in this series, walking through the book of Ephesians, because the word walk is found many times. And so the next time we find it is in Ephesians 4 and verse 1. I read that for us a moment ago. But what we want to do now is is to read this again and discuss the context. And, Jake, last week you said something that, that I think is very important for our listeners to remember, is that when we talk about context, we need to understand how this verse fits into the chapter how this chapter fits into the book, how this book fits into the overall scheme of redemption. So I want to read this again and then turn it over to you so you can help us find out what's going on in this text. Again, Paul writes, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. What's going on in this text? Well, the first, the, I have ESV in front of me and, and the, it says, I therefore. So Paul addresses who he is, speaking about he says i but he says therefore which is a bridge of what is being said to what has been said and so you know 
when Paul wrote this letter, much like it is a letter with any with anybody, we don't put verses and, and chapter headings and all of that. And so if you can, for just the sake of study, remove the four, chapter four and the verses and just look at it in a, what's the previous thing that's been said and why is he tying it to what he is saying? In verse 20 of chapter three, he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power notice at work within us. So that we notice that this is a power and it is working and it is at work in us. It's a present active situation. It says to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I therefore prisoner for the, for the Lord. So Paul says everything that we do comes from a, a strength that is spiritual in nature uh, for us today. This is not a miraculous endowment of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does indwell the New Testament Christian. Every New Testament Christian has the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. And it comes Colossians three sixteen through this word of God. Right. And so when we walk in the spirit, we're walking in the word. This is our way of life. And thus we are, um, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. I know some today, you know, talk about the Holy Spirit uh, conceiving the new birth in you prior to your acknowledgement. Uh, some, some, some of our religious friends think that the Holy Spirit has to operate you operate on you apart and a different from the word before you've been converted and this new heart business. I think we even brought that up last week, this new heart. Yeah. Uh, some said that that has to take place before scripture, but only in the scripture, Romans ten seventeen comes this faith. So yeah. um, God doesn't manipulate and take possession of me prior to my knowing of him through his word. And so Paul calls himself a prisoner. And he says, I, therefore, so what I've said is building on what I am saying. I'm a prisoner. And so the word prisoner there is a statement of doulos. It is a slave ship. And that's what we are, is we are slaves. Jesus said that we will either be slaves to um, uh, the Satan of old, to this world, or we'll be a slave to God. And so there's no, there's no either, there's no in-between um, picture of this we are slaves right. and um but slaves that we choose to be and he says i therefore a prisoner of for the lord um urge you to walk so the word urge or the word beseech um he's 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 putting a a statement of emphasis on what he's saying right. uh, mark uses the word immediately throughout his gospel account where Mark is a very straightforward, to the point, precise book that he wants you to understand that there is an urgency to the gospel. Right. Well, Paul is saying the same thing. I'm begging. I'm urging you. We're time sensitive here. Paul said in another place that it's high time and it's past time. That it's, it's time to get a hold of things. Mm -hmm. And so he says, I'm asking you with urgency uh, to walk in a manner uh, worthy of of the calling to which you have been called. And so walk, there's that word again. And he says in a manner or in a way of life or in the disposition of worthy. Now that word worthy, we would say initially that we are not worthy of the blood of Jesus. Um, 
if you if you were to ask most religious people today, would you say that they call themselves worthy or not worthy? You think? No, probably not. Yeah, they would say, "Well, I'm not worthy." Um, and and in a sense, we are not worthy. Right. But there are some who take that that to the extreme. Uh, a lot of our Calvinist friends say that we are wretched and we are wicked and we cannot attain any good whatsoever uh, in and of ourselves. And there is a part of that that is true. Um, we do need the blood of Christ to make things clean, clean and pure and right and just. Otherwise, Jesus would not have needed to die. Right. But to say that we are not worthy well, then why did Jesus die if I'm not worthy? Yeah. Why did God so love the world? I mean, it's not like he loved a bunch of unworthless people. You know, there is a sense in which we have the word is intrinsic. We have unique, specific value. We have a soul that's been made in his image, and that is worth everything to him. How much so? He wouldn't even let his screaming son get off the cross. That's how much I'm worth to him. Mm. So, there is a sense in which that we aren't worthy because we're sinners, but there is a sense in which we were worth everything because God gave everything. And so it has to be a balanced view uh, when we think about the word worthy. And so Paul says, I'm taking the position, a prisoner for the Lord. Um, when you think about prisoner, what comes to your mind? Uh, I think about someone who's being punished for something. <laughs> Behind, yeah. behind behind bars for something they did wrong. Of course, that's right. not what Paul's referring to here, though. Right, right. Well, but you're right. You know, in my time in law enforcement, I put a lot of people in handcuffs because they were being punished for what they did. The if I could if I could use a term, the, the word is cruciform, um, a cruciform way of life. That the cross turns our world literally upside down, and our view of ourselves upside down and our view of our world and our ethics and, and all of that. And so it, in the sense that we think of, a, of an earthly prisoner, we think of chains. We mm -hmm. think of uh, punishment. We think of impending doom. And so what Jesus has done has taken that place, as you all know, uh, placed himself in those chains, and he took, that, he took the blunt of that, of that punishment and that wrath upon himself. So we are... Uh, Paul says, I'm a prisoner for the Lord's sake, for him, for his work. I've, I have chained myself to this willingly, and, and I'm not getting out. Um, there's an old song that we sing called Pierce My Ear, mm -hmm. and which, is in, which is in reference to uh, a slave who loved his household so much. He loved his, his quote, owner. And you got to keep in mind, slavery in biblical times throughout all history is not the slavery that we're so familiar with, you know, in the 1860s. Um, the slavery here was a lifestyle. It was a cholera class of people. And so when we hear slave, we think of derogatory. Um, but what Jesus has done, take our ear to the door uh, and put an awe through our ear, a wooden spike to say, we belong here. We want to stay here. And so when we sing that song, we're saying, Lord, I want to be your prisoner. Right. So that's what, the, that's what Paul is saying. You've done so much for me. You've paid for this. You have freed me from this. How could I not be a, a slave for you? Right. Um, so, but we have to be careful because he says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Well, we all know Paul told the Thessalonian church that we've been called by the gospel. Right. So that's, that's how everybody is called. Um, I, I, 
I was in preaching school and I heard a lady ask me one time, she said, well, when were you called to preach? Uh-huh. And I thought, lady, we're all called to preach, you know, yeah, but, but what right. she means is, is when did you have some sort of audible tingly sensation that this is exactly what Jehovah wanted you to do? Right. Um, we don't, we don't find that in our Bible, but, no, but either, anyway, but this is, um, uh, this is a picture of, of our response and our walk in the Lord because uh, chapter three, he endues us with his power, which comes from his word, which comes from encouragement from other people who are, are inspired, who are, who are influenced by his word. And so that's, that's kind of the picture that we're looking at. Absolutely. And uh, you dove into really everything we wanted to touch today. And I guess what we can do now is, maybe go back and slow down and look at those words a little bit closer together. Sure. But I appreciate you going in depth and looking at the whole of that passage. And, you know, you and I both were taught, you know, in Memphis, when you see the word therefore, stop and say what it's there for, forces mm-hmm. you to go back in the context. And really the whole you know, first three chapters, you have the great wisdom of God on display. You have the glory of his church. Uh, the fact that we as Christians enjoy all spiritual blessings in Christ. So we have an obligation and really a, a privilege to live in a certain way. I like that cruciform. That's, that's really good. Uh, and the, the change that takes place. We understand, you know, Paul said, I, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk. We want to look at some of these words that describe this walk that might help us to weather the storm. So first let's, let's go back to that word worthy for a moment. And I appreciate that you know, you showed the difference. In a sense, we are not worthy, but in another sense, we are valuable. Uh, the word worthy is defined as deserving attention and or respect. Uh, it's true we don't deserve it. <laughs> you know, we didn't deserve uh, how, how good we've been blessed. No way. Uh, but then Merriam-Webster defines it as having worth or value. And in that sense, we do, because as you mentioned, we're, we're made in the image of God. In the scriptures, we find the word worthy about 50 times, depending on what translation you use. I just had a, a few passages jotted down. Psalm 18 and verse 3, we find that God is worthy. Matthew 3 and verse 8, John the Immerser says, Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Uh, in Acts 5, 41, the apostles were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. First Timothy 5, 18, a worker is worthy of his wages. So we see that word is used you know, in different ways to describe something. Uh, and so again, thinking about this, this walk, it is to be a worthy walk. That's the kind of walk uh, that, that we are to be engaged. Uh, I also want to touch on, on the calling. And again, that's <laughs> you and I both have a lot of friends that have come across while well, I was called, you know, I woke up in the middle mm-hmm. of the night and, and I heard him. I heard, you know, the Lord tell me to go preach. Well, as, as you said, we don't have that revealed in scripture. Uh, when we look to the New Testament, that's the universal scope and call of the gospel. You mentioned 2 Thessalonians 2.14. I think about Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. You know, God did speak yep. in times past to the fathers by the prophets, but today he mm-hmm. speaks through his son. Right. But what about this, this calling, now that we understand you know, how the Bible speaks of it, what kind of life are we called to live? Well, it's, it's definitely a life, you know, if I keep it in its context, Paul is saying it's a life of prisonhood. Yeah. It's a life of slaveship. It's a life of, of indebted. Now, we do have to keep in mind, because I've heard this preached, and, I, and, and I, if I haven't heard it preached, I probably have felt this way, yeah. that I've got to, in some way, work off the debt that I have accued and, um, or accrued over time 
But see, the thing is, is I could never pay it back. And I've heard people say, you know, it, when men, uh, you know, presiding over the, the Lord's Supper and then for expediency's sake, they'll stay there and take up the collection and they'll say, and, you know, maybe we can give back so much of what the Lord has given us. Well, we could never, like, that's not even an option. No. Um, you know, the psalmist said, you know, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his work toward me? Right. Uh, how do I pay back? He says, I shall lift up the cup of salvation. And it's basically the, the idea of asking for more or for more grace. And that's not a haughty thing. I mean, David said it. So it's not an, a derogatory way. But it's to say, Lord, I thank you, and and all I can ask for is more, because I yeah. can't I can't pay you back, and but I can live a life that's that's that that is in an appearance of worth. Um, that you know what you did not, as Paul said, labor in vain over me. Right. Um, I am worth it, and and I've heard people say, you know, and take the idea that oh, we're just wretched, vile sinners. No, you're not. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. You're worth yeah. everything to him. That's right. And so, <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, that's just, that's just where we are. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, this is a, someone who happily, happily places themselves into the yoke of the kingdom uh, because it is a yoke. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said, you'll take my yoke, but it's easy and it's light compared mm -hmm. to, you know, the Pharisees who, as you said, you're making them twice the sons of hell. Yeah. Not only are you following a system that's outdated that will not save you, but then you're binding your own tradition and, and using that as a law. And sure. so, but this is, this is a, a prison hood lifestyle that is a happy and joyous, which is so crazy to us because we couldn't imagine, <laughs> but it's a, um, you know, the, the, when Jesus told the parable about the man who went out in his joy, you know, I think I mentioned that last 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 week yeah. that he mm -hmm. that he in his joy he sells all that he has. Well, you know he had a lot of joy in all the things that he had. You know that he loved his his house or his property or his his camels or whatever or his livelihood. But he sold everything. Well, that's what we're doing. This we we're taking the realm of take stepping into the realm of a prisoner uh, because this prison life is better than the free life that we had in sin. That's right. And wow. so that's, that's, that's the big picture. That's a great point. I think too, uh, we're called to a life of holiness, called to a life of separation. You yep. mentioned cruciform. I think about Galatians six, Paul says, I'm crucified to the world. The world's crucified to me. That's what it means to, uh, willingly submit to be a prisoner of the Lord. And that's what Paul did. I think yep. about second Corinthians six seventeen going through seven and verse one about, Come out from among them and be separate. That's not the unclean thing. And then seven one. Therefore, cleanse yourself from all this filthiness. You live a, a a different kind of life, a holy life. And so, this is the high calling in Christ Jesus. Uh, yep. And if if we want to do it, it, it's it's the best route to go. Uh, I really like that statement you just said about you know living a, a prison life, if you will, as a Christian is much better than a free life as uh, you know as living in sin. Yep. As we uh, think about, you know, we've, we've noticed, you know, Paul being a prisoner of the Lord, but I want to focus on that word beseech for a moment. What, what's exactly being said when he says, I beseech? I know the ESV says urge. What's the yep. significance of Paul beseeching these brethren to do this? Well, then that, if he has to beseech them, that tells you that they are not in the mode of beseech. Um, they are, they're lacking these things. Uh, when Paul told uh, Titus, I urge you 
I urge you to stay at Ephesus uh, or Timothy. I urge you to stay there. That, that tells us that he was not wanting to do that. Yeah. Um, and he says, I need you to stay there. I need you to set in order the things that are lacking. I need you to go ahead and finish your ministry. You know, do what you're supposed to be doing while you're there. And, um, and that's a, that's, that was hard for a young man to be at a place, you know, filled with church members who did not want him to be there. And so Paul had to urge him, stay there, stay focused, stay at it. Well, Paul is doing the same thing. Paul is urging and beseeching. And, and if, if, if I can say anything to help you or encourage you, that's what I'm asking. That's what I want. And so that's, that's the idea is beseeching. They evidently it was hard. It was hard for them. Otherwise he would not have had to beseech them to do it. Right. That's true. And uh, the word beseech means to beg on the knees. And here we see an apostle who could have exercised apostolic authority. He could have commanded them. But you see the heart of Paul for his brethren. Same thing in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Uh, And and so very similar. He beseeches them in in Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, to offer their lives a living sacrifice. Well, here, uh, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. So very similar, but you see Paul's love for the brethren. Uh, I find that interesting, though. He could have commanded them, but instead, he, you know, he, he's beseeching them. He's begging them, urging them, pleading with them to walk this way. I think that's very powerful. Yeah, you know, and it says something about Paul. Paul did a whole lot of enduring and not, and not any complaining. Yeah. And, and if you look at Romans chapter 9, he says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears witness with me in the Holy Spirit. He says that I, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. And he's talking right. about Jews who were not being obedient to the gospel. Right. And that's what the, the book of Romans is about. It's, it's a treatise to the to to salvation that's through Christ, that's through that's through the new way, not of old. But he says, I wish I wish so bad. If it were possible, I, I would swap places. You know, I would be cut off, literally emasculated from Jesus wow. if that would fix things. Um, but he knew that it wouldn't. And mm-hmm. um, and so, but it just shows you Paul had such love and appreciation and patience for brothers and sisters. Sure. Um, and, and that we might not often have, you know, right. that we we're so quick today in our, in our new age that we, you know, we just expect things to be where we need it to be here and now. Yep. And, uh, but walking yeah. is a journey. Yes, it is. I think about that with the brethren at Corinth. I said, I said to someone, I wonder if we'd go uh, worship with the brethren at Corinth on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> they had a lot of problems, but they were brethren. They were Christians. Yep. And Paul yep. was he so patient them with them. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, and so, you know, slowing down and looking at these words hopefully will help us and help our listeners uh, to get the thrust of what Paul is saying. We've looked at what it means to walk, what it means to walk worthy, this calling that Paul's referring to, the, the significance of him beseeching these brethren to do it. But you've touched on this, but I want to touch on it again because in our minds we think prisoner, it's, you know, it's something against our will, but this is talking about something we're, we're willing to do. So right. as we think about Paul being a prisoner of the Lord, think about 2 Timothy 1.8. Paul writing to Timothy said, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God. And then Philemon 1 in verse 1, 
he opens up this letter and says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So Paul willingly submitted to the will of God and willingly served him as a bond servant. Yep. And, and two, Paul was a physical prisoner. Yeah. You know, and he, and he needed to remind the church, I'm a prisoner. I'm a physical prisoner. I'm a spiritual prisoner, but I'm for the Lord. And it is for the Lord's sake that I'm doing these things. You know, Paul had to write to the second Corinthian church or the, <laughs> the church in Corinth, but it's the second letter that we have probably <laughs> right. the third. Yep. And, um, but it's, but it's the second letter and, and the church there was saying, look at this guy. He he's, he's always arrested. He's been over. Uh, he's, his body shows the marks that he's been abused. Um, he doesn't take a dime from anybody. He, he works, you know, he builds tents to supplement his income or, you know, to, to supplement the work. And so they're saying he doesn't look like these quote chief apostles that are coming around or these super apostles that are coming around saying, listen, we've got diplomas, we've got papers, we charge, we we're higher up, we're well to do. And so there were some quote Joel Osteen's in Paul's day who were, were really not apostles. Yeah. And Paul says, you take a look at my life. You take a look at the life of our Lord. And he says, which one of us and these, these super apostles, which, which one of us looks like Jesus. And so it was there before him. And he says, you know, I'm not going to give into your foolishness, but I will for just a second. So you'll see, that's right. uh, I look just like Jesus did. And this is what I'm calling you to look like. Wow. And so that's so hard for Christians to see my life. God does not call me to comfort. He calls me to conflict, you know, yeah, that's right. in, in there's an old saying that says the gospel comforts the afflicted and it afflicts the comfortable. Yep. And it's, it's a double-bladed sword that will cut everything that is worldly off or on you. And it will separate that and show you Now that's painful. Um, but it's, but it's his will. That's what he wants us to see. It, it's what, it, it's what will separate us from, from him in the end. That's right. Great points. And that has a lot to do with this calling, not a call to comfort. I like that. A call to conflict. That's what it is. It's, it's a battle. It's a war. Um, Paul told Timothy, all that live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. Um, Back to farm. Yeah. But like, you know, in Acts five, we talked about the disciples. They, they went on their way rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And so, when we do go through difficult times, we can count it all joy, as James said. Uh, it'll make us uh, trust in the Lord even more. Let me, I mean, let me tell you, who, who does not suffer in this world? Yeah. People who are wicked. Um, you know, Asaph in Psalm 73 said, and this is one of my favorite psalms to read and to preach, and especially when I get around people who, who, who are ready to quit because they're having to hurt for the yeah. Lord's sake. Because he says in Psalm 73, I looked around to the world and I saw some things that just did not make sense to me. And he said, if I would have uttered it, I would have, I would have hurt myself. And basically I would have hurt the church is the idea. Mm. He said, because those people live this life, they live happy. They get what they want. They're always, they're always content. It looks like, or they're always happy. And he says, and it was, and, and I wanted to join those folks. And he says, and it wasn't until I went into the house of the Lord, that I realized their demise. Yeah. It wasn't until I got around God and God's people and God's word that I realized, you know what? That is false. That is a false hope. That is not a living hope that causes destruction. Lord, forgive me for even dabbling in that. Yeah. <laughs> and let's move on. 
That's right. And so it's it's hard for people to see it sometimes, you know, because so much of our world is is all here and all now, and mm-hmm. trying to make heaven here and not there. You're exactly right. So that's that's part of it. If we're going to live, you know, the life of a Christian, it's going to come with struggles, but in the end, you know, like you said in that psalm, I understood their latter end. We need to understand our latter end and what God has prepared for us if we're going to live a life of faithfulness to him. So going through this text again, we, we've talked about the fact that, you know, in one sense we're not worthy, in another sense we are because we're valuable to God. But based on this text, and Jake, if you will, read verses 2 and 3 for us because I believe Paul explains how we can walk worthy. Yeah, he says to, to the calling to which you have been called, and this is a – a, this carries this carries with it how I'm supposed to do that. What does worthy look like? Right. Uh, with all humility, gentleness, and patience. So those three things, humble, gentle, and patient, mm-hmm. um, are are ways that 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 tell us about this worthy way. Humility means that this has made me at a low state but willingly, a good low state, and gentle. That reminds me of Galatians 6 and verse 1, being gentle with brothers and sisters who are wayward because we consider ourselves, and then patient. So what does it look like to be a prisoner of the Lord who walks worthy in, in this calling that we've been called to and through the gospel? It's humble, it's gentle, it's patient. Then he says, bearing with one another in love. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm patient with people and this bearing with one another in love with the brotherhood verse three eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and so this is all about unity in the in the body in the church and so i'm to be humble with my brothers and sisters gentle with my brothers and sisters patient with my brothers and sisters and i bear with my brothers and sisters in love so that's in love of them in love of the truth um and i'm eager i'm ready what I'm looking for in all of my ways to maintain this sense of worthiness is to maintain the unity. Don't disrupt the church of God because of me, because of my lack of humility, my lack of gentleness, my lack of patience. I've got to bear with people and that's how I do it. Humble, gentle, and patient. There you go. That's powerful. And don't you love it when the Bible just kind of explains what it means? <laughs> it just, yeah, that's, uh, just, that's, just keep that's, reading. It's weird how it does that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They just keep reading, and Paul says, okay, here's what it means. He doesn't just leave you with, right, walk worthy of the calling. He says, here's how you do it. And right. that's, that's so interesting when you look at those words and you kind of bring them out. I haven't done this yet, but I wonder how that looks right beside the list in Galatians 6, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you know, and, and the idea of walking worthy, walking the way that, yeah. you know, the Spirit's revealed through the Word and, and how we can – uh, live this way to the glory of God. I think it'd be a, a powerful way to do it. Same writer, uh, different audience, but uh, certainly we can make application today. Uh, you know, he also told the brethren in Thessalonica uh, to walk worthy of God, 1 Thessalonians 2.12. And in 2 mm-hmm. Thessalonians 1.5, as well as verse 11, he gave them the understanding that you may walk worthy. And so mm-hmm. it's not this idea that we cannot walk worthy or we cannot right. be worthy. It, we can be. And how do we do it? We put these things into practice, and, and that's what God expects of us. Right. That's exactly right. And this, this, this idea of um, in a manner worthy, walk in a way that looks like you deserve to be there. 
You know what I mean? Not in, yeah. not in a holy sense, right? But it you 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 are you are showing that Christ did not die in vain on your behalf. Right. Um, you right. show up, you dress up, you act up, you you do the part. You know, um, Paul Paul tells us in, in in scripture he says to play the man. Uh, yeah. I think it's Second Corinthians. He says to play the man, and um, a great book for men. He's not a brother, but he has some great insightful things concerning a man and raising boys. Books called Play the Man by Mark Batterson. Uh, so separate the, the meat and the bones, eat the mm -hmm. meat, throw the bones away. Uh, <laughs> but that's a great book about what Paul means to play the man yeah. and what that looks like in our physical life. You, you, you brought something up a while ago that said um, Paul doesn't just say to do it. Paul tells us how to do it. The Bible is mm -hmm. great about has, has a thing to say, has things that say, don't do this, but instead do this. Right. That's right. Um, don't don't go here and don't say these things and be these type of people. But in but in opposite, be this. And this is why. This is what this will do for you. So yes. this is so much good stuff in this. Oh, it is. In fact, you just brought that up, triggered a thought in this same chapter, talking about the new man as opposed to the old man, beginning in verse seventeen. Don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk in the you know the emptiness of their mind. But do mm -hmm. this, you know, put off mm -hmm. concerning the old man and put on the new man uh, created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. So there's an example right there in this same chapter. People need to look yeah. at us and say, there's something different about him. There's something different about the way that he carries himself. I wonder what that is. And until we as the church start doing that, there's not going to be much difference between us and the world. Uh, yeah. And so we have to make sure that we are uh, up to the challenge, if you will, and walk worthy of this high calling. So, Jake, as we think about how this pertains to our topic and how this pertains to this podcast, Weathering the Storm, the storm that we face is trying to walk a worthy walk in the midst of this dark world. That That's the yeah. whole focus of this. How can we walk worthy in a world full of, of sin and darkness, especially what's going on right now in 2020? So, Jake, I want to ask you, what's the difference between a worldly walk and a worthy walk? What, what do they look like? It's verse 20. A worldly walk is a walk that walks act according to the world, self-willed, self-powered, uh, worldly walk. When you think of worldly, think fleshly. Yeah. But this worthy walk is only worthy because of the power that is at work within us. Right. Um. This is a spirit-empowered walk. We, we can't be afraid of that language. We can't be afraid to attribute our walk to the Holy Spirit because that's exactly how we walk. We are strong in the Lord. We are dunamai, uh, prefaced by in, a location, uh, the Lord, kurios, that he is the one who empowers us, and he does it through his word. And so if, if I am not in this word, if it, like for me, uh, just a, a personal thing that I do, and this is, you know, I know we want to, we want to give a practical tip to folks as they leave for, this is what I would offer. If I want to walk in a worthy manner, it has to be in the power of the Holy spirit or not at all. And what I mean by that is I read once one proverb a day and I read three Psalms a day and I get through my proverbs and my Psalms in the whole month. That's just a personal practice. It's not, mm -hmm. not a, not biblical mandated. It's just what I like to do. It's, I just like to clean shop. 
Yep. The Proverbs is chock full, so much good general truth in there to, to say, this is how you need to walk in this crazy um, world. Um, a, a crazy, you know, you've heard people say God forsaken. And, and that's not, that's not a biblical idea because we're awaiting all the end of time. And so God hasn't forsaken the world, right. but a, 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 the world has forsaken God uh, type of world. That's where we live. And Absolutely. so if I want to do it, it has to come through his power, which is through his word. First um, Peter four, if anybody, if any man ministers, let him minister with the ability, which God supplies. If anybody speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, um, that God in all things might receive the glory. So, so if I want to serve in any kind of way, if I want to, if I want to teach or preach the gospel, it has to come through God which is through his word. That's right. And you mentioned we're coming to the to close of this episode and winding it down. And we do like to give a, a practical tip or a takeaway. And I think that's a very powerful one. But I do want to share this with you and with our listeners before we wrap up today. I got this from, from Brother B.J. Clark, uh, who, of course, both a great friend of both of us, a director of the Memphis School of Preaching, a phenomenal talent to preach and to write. This is from the Shenandoah Lectureship. And if you don't have this book, Jake, you need to get it, man. It's uh, Heaven's Vocabulary. Mm. And it just takes words that we find in Scripture and really dives into it. Well, he did one on the word walk, and it ties in with our study. He said, the worldly walk is a sightless walk, a lifeless walk, a shameless walk, and an aimless walk. But the worthy walk mm. is a working walk, a loving walk, and a lighted walk. So powerful yeah. when you think about the walk in the light of the Lord and how that looks. So to our listeners, to walk worldly is to walk in darkness. You have no purpose. You have no vision. You have no hope. But to walk worthy is to see what God has to offer and to willingly submit to him because of his goodness and his greatness and live for him and strive to glorify him with your life. That's the difference. And that's what we want to share with our listeners today is whatever storm you're going through and how difficult your life may be, surrender to the Lord. Give your life to Him. We're in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. We have a, a true living hope of eternal glory, eternal life uh, with God in heaven. He's made it possible for us through His Son, uh, through His Spirit, revealing it through His Word. Uh, and we, we have this wonderful opportunity that God has given to us because the value that we have in His sight, because we have a soul, that if we will live for him, we can live forever. So my one practical tip or takeaway for our listeners is you are valuable in the sight of God. He loves you. He cares for you. He has something real, something powerful, something lasting to provide, as opposed to the passing pleasures of sin. So keep your head up, Christian. Keep moving forward and walk worthy of this high calling to which you were called. Jake, I appreciate you so much, brother. And, um, like you said, I've really enjoyed this study. It's, it's really helped me to slow down and uh, really look at these these verses, these words, and, and try to apply them to our lives. Uh, looking forward to next week as we continue our walk through the book of Ephesians. Uh, but to our yes, listeners, sir. we hope that something was said today that will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.